0: Well, 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 welcome back to another Wednesday episode with me. I guarantee some of you guys probably just listened to the Call Her Daddy episode. You know, they come out every Wednesday as well. And now you're probably looking for some more wholesome, educational content that your mother would approve of. So welcome to Dietitian Table Talks where, you know, we keep it a little bit classy here. We like to be... A little informative and still have some fun so if you didn't listen to last week's episode make sure to go listen to that one first because this one is kind of a continuation off of that same topic um, so we're gonna be still talking about alcohol for a while today I have a lot more to say and then we will go off into some other important topics but I got a lot of messages from you guys Um, just kind of saying like, thank you for bringing this topic up. A lot of people need to hear it. And also a lot of you guys can relate to, um, being the person that doesn't really want to drink or binge drink and people making fun of you and pressuring you and stuff like that. So I'm happy that I could, um, just be kind of like relatable for you guys and give you some advice and give other people advice to stop pressuring you. Um, So, today's first topic that I just wanted to add in real quick, I wasn't going to say this originally, but I kind of just thought of it, it was something that I heard of in college a lot. I never heard of it when I was like in high school, no one gave a shit about this, but when I was in college, I heard a lot of people saying that, well, females, saying that they would kind of just like not eat all day so that they could get more drunk and also so that they weren't, you know, consuming too many calories in a day um, because they just wanted to get all their calories from alcohol. They would get more drunk and then they think that they would like stay skinny because they're not eating um, and they're only drinking. So I just wanted to bring this up and tell you guys, please do not fucking do that. Like, <laughs> That is the absolute worst thing that you could do. And that's just absolutely terrible mindset to be in. Um, if you even if you are tracking macros, if you drink more than a couple drinks, honestly, I'm just going to straight up tell you, like, don't bother tracking. Like, if you want to have a good ass time, do it. Don't bother tracking because all that's going to do is take away like all your macros for the day and then you're just going to have to starve. And that's exactly not what we want. So if you're having like a fun time and you want to have more than a couple drinks, please still eat. Um, You don't have to track all 10 of your drinks and have that be all of your calories for the day. Alcohol has zero nutrients in it um and it's just gonna be problematic because you're gonna get absolutely wasted so yeah don't don't feel like if you're drinking a lot that you can't eat that day please um so one thing that i wanted to talk about was why do people feel the need to pressure others And also, just like, why is drinking so normalized? I mean, I don't have an answer for that. I I really can't tell you. But why is something that is, like, so bad for us so normalized to the point where if you're the one that doesn't want to do it, you're the weird one? Like, just sit there and think about that for a second. You don't want to do something that is toxic to your body, but you're the weird one for not wanting to do that. It's just weird to think about, honestly. And I I never really thought about it like that until I was getting ready for this podcast. But it just doesn't really make sense. And I'm not even... I'm not someone who even enjoys smoking weed. And I'm not... I just have not in years. I've tried it, obviously, when I was... I told you guys that in one of my past episodes. I've tried it several times. Never liked it. But I will tell you that I think smoking weed is much healthier than drinking alcohol, but alcohol is legal and weed isn't legal in a lot of places. So I just think that that's super weird. And I want to know how that like started and why. Um, but yeah, I want to talk about why do people pressure others to drink? And I think one reason is that when people drink, they want to kind of just like let loose do whatever they want and not feel like they're being judged and not have to worry about anything. And if someone else, like if they're completely like out of it and someone else is sober, like that sober person is probably going to like, they're going to feel like that sober person is judging them. And then that sober person is going to remember everything that they did. And I mean, I don't know about you guys, but if you've ever been too drunk and then the pers- one of your friends tells you the stuff that you did the next day, like you know that that is like 10 out of 10 embarrassment. So I feel like that is a reason why a lot of people, if they're drinking, they want everyone else to be drinking too, just so that they're also out of it and also might not remember or judge them for things that they do and say, and they don't want to be held accountable for the things that they do and say when they're drinking. Um, I also read that a lot of it has to do with kind of just like, we live in a, in a state where we just want to have like this group mentality where, you know, if someone's doing something that is out of the norm for the group, then it kind of sets off like a red flag. So when you're with friends and you decide that you don't want to drink, it's almost like it makes them have to look at what? The choices that they're making as well. So what I read is it's basically like when you say no I'm not drinking it holds a mirror. It's basically like you're holding a mirror up at your friend and saying like damn maybe you should like kind of look at yourself and look at your habits and maybe you need to make a change. Um, So I think that people kind of feel like if you're not drinking then you're saying that you're better than them kind of thing. Another reason why I think kind of related to that is because it just makes them feel better about their the choices that they're making. So if everyone's drinking, like you don't even think twice. But if someone says that, then it kind of just makes you feel like you're making a bad decision and they feel insecure and having it like pressuring you to drink is a way for them to deal with their insecurities that they're feeling. And this goes the same for food. And being a dietitian, I can't even tell you guys the amount of times that I have gotten comments on the way that I eat. So, and I I hear it from clients all the time. I I hear it from other people, like if I see people post about it on like Instagram or Twitter, people who want to eat healthy a lot of times get made fun of, um, whether it's by their coworkers or by their family, by their in-laws A lot of times if people see someone doing something healthy their immediate reaction is to make fun of them and the only reason why i can think of why someone would do that is because they're jealous of them because they are making a smart and healthy choice and they want to make them feel a little bit worse about it so you know how like when you're in middle school and there's a girl who's like super pretty and confident and everyone hates her just because she's pretty and they try to like make her feel like shit, so they make fun of her for like whatever little thing that they can think of that's what i feel like happens when people shame or make fun of people for eating healthy because realistically how does anything that you eat affect someone else so Uh, I'll go over some examples that I have heard or like have happened to me. So I definitely have had it at at the workplace a lot, um, especially if it was like I've had jobs where they would like have meals there or like birthday meals all the time and pizza parties. And for every holiday, they would have a party and desserts all the time, donuts, all that stuff. And for me... Eating stuff like that a lot of times is like a social event for me. So if I'm at a job and it's like, okay, here's the food in the break room. Like when you're on your break, you can come in and eat here by yourself kind of thing. Like that's not the time for me to have like a pizza party like by myself. I would much rather save that like kind of indulging food for when I'm doing something social that is going to be like, so worth it to me. I'm enjoying it with people that I love and I'm going out to eat, having a good time, that kind of thing. So I like to pick and choose the times that I indulge and eat, eat things like pizza and cake and stuff like that to times where it like actually matters to me. Now my family is pretty used to the way that I go about my nutrition by this point. I mean I've been into fitness for like seven years I would say now and I've been through a lot of different phases but I th- I kind of feel like my family knows that I like to eat healthy for the most part but then here and there I'll have a meal that is like pizza or whatever. Um, so I feel like my family's really good about it but they still do make some comments mostly my dad. Um, my dad always tells me like literally always tells me Because of your job, you really need to stay in top condition, like you need to stay in the best shape possible, which is really annoying, to be honest, because I'm I'm like, Dad, dude, I know, I know this. As sad as it is, like, I know that people choose their nutrition coach based off of looks a lot of times. So I know that already, and I do my best to try and stay, try to stay in shape while having a balanced lifestyle. Um... But then at the same time, when I'm at their house, you know, he'll be like making a meal, making cookies. And when he makes a meal, he'll be like, well, can I like just put butter and ranch and all this stuff on it to make it taste good? And I'm like, dad, you literally tell me that I have to stay in the best shape possible. But then you go and make all this food and like make it in a way that you literally know that I don't want it. But you ask me if you can do it anyway, and I'm. it's just kind of annoying because it's like, as a dietitian, no matter what food choices I make, I'm going to get some kind of comment about it. So I definitely have gotten used to it where it doesn't really bother me anymore. I kind of just ignore it, or sometimes I get a little sassy back, but <laughs> it just depends on how I'm feeling and how they say it. Um, but yeah, I get a comment no matter what I eat. So if I go out to eat and I get a salad... I get the comments of like, oh, you're so healthy, like, always have to choose the healthiest thing, blah, 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 like, better than everyone kind of comment. And then if I go out and I get a burger, then I get comments like, oh, you're not supposed to be eating that, you're a dietitian, like, I thought you, I thought you ate healthy, or, like, sometimes Wyatt's dad, I know he doesn't, like, think that it's mean, but, like, when we go to their cabin... If I eat something that I normally wouldn't, he'll be like, oh, you're going to have to go run for five miles after that. (laughs) And it is really annoying, but I just like have gotten so used to it because I've I've gotten comments like that for like seven years now. You just kind of have to learn to brush it off and, you know, do choose what you actually want to do, because people are going to make comments either way. So don't let someone guilt trip you into eating something that you don't want to eat. Only eat what you want to eat. It's going into your body. If you don't want to eat grandma's meatloaf, you don't got to eat grandma's meatloaf. If you don't want to eat someone's birthday cake, you don't have to. If they feel sad that you didn't eat their birthday cake, they need to grow the fuck up. So yeah, I feel like it all kind of ties in together, the eating and the drinking and the pressuring and the getting upset if you don't eat or drink, I feel like that all kind of stems back to the same thing where they feel worse if you're not doing it, so they want you to do it too. So what I say is do what you want to do. It's your body. It's your choice. Make the decision for yourself and If you need to say something back to them, just literally say, ask them. Just say, how does what I eat affect you? And see what, I bet they have no response to that. Okay, so back on the alcohol topic for a little bit. We're kind of going back and forth here today. Um, But I wanted to talk about the effects on sleep. So I know that I posted about this on Instagram not that long ago, and I just wanted to kind of go a little bit more in depth on it. So I've definitely heard a lot of people say that drinking, like having a drink or two before bed helps them sleep better. Uh, I feel like that's especially a thing with the older generation. I don't know about your moms and dads, but I feel like I've heard that a lot from older people, like they have to have their Jameson before bed or their two glasses of wine, whatever. And the truth is, is that it does help you fall asleep. And then it it makes you wake up and it makes you not rest as well. So it helps you fall asleep, but it does not help you sleep better. And I honestly always wondered why when I drink too much, I can literally feel like... It feels like I'm just, like, laying there thinking and, like, replaying the night all night. Like, replaying my time, like, if I went out or something. I'll replay it the whole night in my head and I'll just be, like, thinking all night. And then I'll wake up super early and be exhausted all day. And I always wondered, like, why am I waking up so early when I stayed up until 2.30 a.m.? I'm exhausted and I just can't sleep anymore. And then... I learned why. So a few different things happen in your brain when you drink. So adenosine is what makes you fall asleep faster, but then it goes away quickly. When you drink, it goes away quickly, making you wake up before you're fully rested. So that's one thing that it affects. Alpha activity is turned on when you're sleeping if you have alcohol in your system so alpha activity typically is on if just like picture yourself sitting on the couch resting you're just sitting there like kind of thinking that is going to be on when you're sleeping if you're drinking so i think that's where it comes from where i'm like laying in bed thinking about my night all night replaying it over and over in my head i think (laughs) excuse me i think that's because of the alpha activity the third thing that it does is that it reduces your REM sleep so the REM i don't know if you're supposed to call it REM but i do and that is a super important part of your sleep it's the most restorative type of sleep that there is and the more alcohol you drink the more that it's reduced so REM sleep is super important for muscle recovery muscle growth all that good stuff we'll go more into that later Um, So as you can see, drinking actually does not help you sleep better better, despite what you may think about it. Um, So if you are drinking to help you fall asleep, maybe try some of these other things that we're going to talk about instead. So why is sleep so important? I'm going to try to not put you guys to sleep talking about this. But I mean, if you want to fall asleep to the sound of my voice, I guess that's cool too. (laughs) As long as you're not driving. Um, So, I personally think that sleep is so highly underrated, especially for people who are health and fitness. I feel like people will track their macros. They will work out five times a week. They'll do cardio. They'll drink a gallon of water every day. And then they will not give a fuck about their sleep habits. And I feel like part of that is due to lack of education. Part of it is just due to the society that we live in. It's so normalized to work so many hours, sleep so little, and just be in like, high stress mode 24 seven. I don't know if like, I feel like it's just the United States. I'm sure there's other places that are like this as well. But I have heard that other countries are not the same as us, where they work a lot less hours. They have fricking nap time midday, and they just really focus on living like a slower pace, lower stress, like lifestyle. And I really feel like that would be, that would be amazing. Like, it makes me want to, like, just go test out living in a different country for a while and see what it's like. But, yeah, I know, like, in the U.S., we are, like, the grind never stops, dude. Wake up at 4 a.m., get my workout in. Work from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. Stay up until 1 (laughs) a.m. Like, I swear that is, like, the cool thing to do. But is it really cool? I don't know. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Christian, I think it's Guzman, I never know if, if that's the right way to say it, Christian Guzman, he's the owner of Elfleet, and I have watched his YouTube channel literally since, like, I think he started it, basically. He has a crazy work ethic, and I feel like that is super admirable, but... That guy does not live a healthy lifestyle. He literally does not sleep. And I feel like it kind of sets a bad example for the people who follow him. because, Also because the people who follow him are obviously really into fitness. And I think they see him do that. And they think like that is what they should be doing as well. And if you're not getting solid uninterrupted sleep you really are doing yourself a disservice now I really really value my sleep I consider myself a pro at this and I definitely always push it on my clients to get more sleep and get better sleep as well and if you're not getting at least seven hours of sleep we got to work on this honey um, I would much rather you be getting 8 or 9, but if if you're only getting like 5 or 6, let's aim for 7. Start small. Um, so, the main thing that I want to bring up to you guys, because I feel like this is the thing that you guys will probably care about the most, seeing that you probably have some body composition goals. And if you're trying to keep your nutrition under control, Poor sleep is going to just be an absolute mess for you because when you don't get good sleep, it actually affects your hunger hormones. Sometimes I randomly wake up at like 4am and I cannot fall back asleep for the life of me. And let me tell you on those days, I am a freaking bottomless pit. I could eat everything and not feel one ounce of fullness. So I know for a fact that this is real. Um, It's obviously like scientifically proven, but i know for a fact that i have felt it myself and poor sleep is actually linked to like over consuming junk foods so specifically like highly palatable foods like chips and cookies and candy so things that are high in carbs high in fat so your hunger hormones are affected ghrelin is one of your hunger hormones that is the one that stimulates your appetite so When ghrelin is increased, then you are hungrier. So when you're sleep-deprived, your ghrelin increases and it makes you super hungry. And at the same time, at the same damn time, leptin, your other hunger hormone, there's other ones, but these are the main ones. Leptin is the hunger hormone that is supposed to make you feel full. And when you're sleep-deprived, Your leptin drops. So both of your hunger hormones are working against you to make you feel like you are a bear, like getting ready for hibernation and needing to eat everything in sight. This is the perfect storm for overeating. I also actually just learned that another thing that happens is your blood levels of, I don't know how to say this, endocannabinoid which sounds like like a marijuana product. <laughs> um apparently it fe- affects your brain similar to marijuana where makes you want to eat. It makes eating more enjoyable. So when you don't sleep well, that is increased. So that's another thing as well. And also if you think about it, people who don't sleep very much Like, just picture that, like, typical, like, video gamer staying up all night. What do you picture them eating? Because I know for damn well, they are not snacking on veggies. They are not playing their video games, eating some carrot sticks. You guys are not staying up till 3 a.m. watching Netflix, eating cherry tomatoes. So, if you think about it, the foods that people tend to eat late at night when they're not sleeping typically aren't, like, super nutrient-dense foods. Moving on, better performance. So, if you're not getting good sleep, it could straight up just make you, like, not not work out at all. Like, how many times have you woken up for your morning workout and you're like, dang, I didn't get enough hours of sleep. Like, fuck that. Like... I'm going to, you know, reset my alarm and sleep until five minutes before work starts. So it can make you straight up not work out at all. And also just make you have a shitty workout if you do go. So if you're not feeling energized, you have poor endurance, you won't put as much effort in. And also you'll be more at risk for getting injured and having like bad form, bad technique, which puts you at more at risk for getting injured. this goes for athletes as well, and lastly, your recovery. so when you're sleeping, that is when all your shit's getting restored uh you're filling up your michael M- michael muscle glycogen stores um, your blood glu- blood glucose gets stored in your muscle as muscle glycogen, and if you're not getting good sleep that does not that process does not work as effectively um human growth hormone is secreted when you're sleeping that's needed for like muscle recovery and muscle growth and also your bodies need hgh to kind of just like use the amino acids that come from the protein that you eat so hgh and muscle glycogen recovery Those are all things that happen while you're sleeping. So let's talk about what you can do, what you can take away from this to actually apply to your life. So I know I am extremely privileged to work from home. I have a flexible schedule. There's no like start and stop time to my workday. So if I was exhausted and I needed to sleep in, which... Trust me, I don't. I cannot sleep in. I go to bed early and I wake up early, um, but if I needed to, I could start my work an hour or two later and just work later. So I know that I'm super privileged. Most people don't have that flexible schedule. Most people have to commute to work or have a weird schedule, like a, like a swing shift or a split shift, a night shift, two jobs, etc. Like I know that I haven't made when it comes to sleep schedule. Um, but there are some things that you probably could still do even if schedule is an issue. So first of all, exercise does actually help you sleep better. It increases, like we mentioned earlier, the, the adenosine in your brain. That's the same thing we mentioned about the alcohol. So it makes you fall asleep. Um, but with the alcohol situation, you are it makes it go away faster as well. So you're waking up earlier, but not in this case. So it makes you fall asleep and it makes you sleep better. Um, I would probably try to avoid doing like super intense exercise right before bed though so I would at least have like maybe a few hours before that. Another thing you could do would be to stay on a good sleep schedule if you can. Um, A lot of times I see people not sleep all week and then on the weekends they think that they're making up for it but It actually doesn't work that way. So try to kind of maintain the same sleep schedule throughout the week if you can. The honestly most important thing for me is having a dark room. So I have to have blackout curtains in my room or I will not sleep well. And I'm pretty sure this especially is even more for females. And I know for sure that it's even more when you are going to be like starting your period or maybe on your period. I know that light affects you so much more. So you might not be sleeping as well if you have any kind of light coming into your room. Next one is to make sure that your room is nice and cold. And then I would also have some kind of white noise. Me personally, I have to have a fan on or I will not be able to sleep. Next one, keeping your bed a place for sleep. So I used to have a terrible habit of working in my bed. The reason why I did that though was because I lived at Wyatt's parents' house. And so my bedroom was like my only space. I didn't have like a office or anything like that. And it was really like the only comfortable place that I could work. And I did this in college too. I would always study in my bed. And honestly, that's just like so bad. Not only for the sleep situation, but just like my overall posture, like laying in bed all day (laughs) with my head like slunched over cannot be a good thing. So keep your bed a place for sleep. It's okay to go watch some Netflix before bed. That's fine. But don't be sitting in your bed all evening. Now, I know you guys need me to call you out on this. <laughs> Dramatic pause. <laughs> Watch your freaking caffeine intake. Stop chugging caffeine all day. Stop drinking it in the evening. Only drink it in the morning and call it good. I feel like, I feel like I've been drinking more caffeine than normal lately. But I do drink it right in the morning. Y'all can judge me if you want to. I literally roll out of bed. Wyatt does it too, so judge him too if you're gonna judge me. I roll out of bed, walk downstairs, go pee, walk into my office where our mini fridges, grab a 3D sugar-free energy drink, and I chug that bitch. Just kidding, I don't chug it, but I literally drink that right when I wake up and I know some of you guys are probably cringing and I'm honestly cringing at myself because I used to think people who drank like energy drinks or pop or anything like that first thing in the morning were psychopaths and now I'm a psychopath. So at least I drink my caffeine in the morning and then it wears off so I can go to bed. Also, get the fuck off your phone. Like, don't be scrolling TikTok at midnight. Plug your phone in far away from your bed and get off of it. (laughs) Uh, Turn it on silent, too, while you're at it. Because you know what's the most annoying thing ever... (laughs) Is when you're trying to sleep. And people's phones are pinging and dinging and vibing all night. So turn your phone on silent. All you got to do, if you have an iPhone, swipe down. See that little moon button? Click the moon button. And it'll be on silent. And if you have anxiety that someone is going to try to call you. And you're not going to answer it. And they're going to get murdered you can go into your settings and I don't know how because I don't care about anyone enough to do that but go into your settings and you can pick certain people that will still be allowed to call you or I think you can make it so that like all calls will still come through but I wouldn't recommend that um so I think oh no 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 we're not done here honey so nutrition affects your sleep as well so I think back to when I was competing and I was in like a severe calorie restriction. And towards the end of my prep, I remember I could not sleep for shit because when you're hungry, your body will wake you up. And I remember hearing from other people, this never happened to me, but other people would, I think this may have happened to Des, not positive, so Don't quote me on that. Some people would literally wake up in the middle of the night and go eat and, like, be half asleep and eat because their body was literally telling them, like, you need food. So if you're not eating enough, you might not be sleeping very well either. Um, so obviously, you know, make sure you're not in a severe calorie deficit. Excuse me, I need to drink <laughs> and I don't feel like editing this out. So I'll let you guys just listen to me. Um, so I would recommend not eating like a huge meal before bed because when you're sleeping, your body is trying to do a lot of other things and it doesn't need to be digesting like a thousand calorie meal, but I would recommend having a snack. I think that that could help you sleep better. Supplements for sleep. Melatonin. I take melatonin only if I feel like I'm not tired when I'm trying to go to bed And I would recommend 2.5 to 5 milligrams. Um, You could take adaptogens like ashwagandha. (laughs) I don't know if that's how you say it. I've actually never taken it. Um, But I have heard that it helps with sleep. Magnesium. Have taken this. Used to take it when I was in Idaho when I lived there. During my internship, I had such bad sleep issues because... My internship basically was like, you you start a new... You know what the stress, like when you start a new job and you have like anxiety and then you're afraid you're going to miss your alarm and you're not going to wake up on time and then you're going to fail, you're going to get fired kind of thing. That's how I felt all the time because basically you like switch jobs all the time during your internship to get a feel for all different areas of dietetics. So I had terrible sleep issues so I would take magnesium glycinate don't take magnesium citrate thinking it's going to help you with your sleep because that is going to make you poop um so take magnesium glycinate not citrate and that definitely helped me with my sleep for sure and I think that it helps um kind of like Relax, like it helps people relax if you're feeling like anxious too. I think. Uh, CBD, surprisingly, have never taken it, even though I've gotten literally 500 emails from CBD companies asking me to like work with them on Instagram and stuff. I've never taken it. I have heard very good things about CBD, and I know that if you have anxiety or have a hard time winding down, it can definitely help with that. Um I also have this, let me grab it. Where did it go? Oh. So, my friend gave me this like tranquil essential oil thing and I have no idea like if there's any research on essential oils, but I feel like it does help. <laughs> if I could pronounce any of this stuff that was in it, I would definitely let you guys know. Oh, I see. They put it in parentheses. So, (laughs) for example, it says Lavendula angustifolia. That's lavender oil. So it has lavender oil, cedarwood, Roman chamomile, and coconut oil in it. And I feel like it really does help. But obviously, I don't know if that's, like, science-based, so whatever. Um... I think that's it though. I just wanted to do a little fun thing at the end and give you guys my favorite alcohol choices. And I would like you guys to screenshot this, share it on your story, let me know what your drink of choice is, and if you want to add anything else, like what you liked about the episode, I love seeing that. I love seeing you guys sharing them, and even if you just DM me and let me know, I love getting those messages because... It makes me just feel like it was worth me taking the time to, uh, like, record this and edit it and everything. So, appreciate anyone who does that. But, my alcohol choices. I feel like I could have a very long list. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I hardly ever drink, but I have, like, 20 favorite alcohol drinks. <laughs> um, First of all, like I said, the Truly Lemonades. Second would be... If I am at home or in Idaho, the restaurant that we always went to had Fresca as a drink choice, which is like a a diet pop, I would get Fresca with grapefruit vodka. Um, if I'm at a bar and the only um, diet pop that they have is Diet Coke, I'll get Diet Coke with cherry or vanilla vodka, and it's like a cherry or vanilla Coke. It's really good. And sometimes i will get a vodka water and i will carry a mio which is like a little drink squirter thing i'll carry a meal and i will just squirt that into my vodka water um and the last one actually i have two more (laughs) um moscow mules without the simple syrup those taste so good And then a Skinny Marg if that is an option. So those are my favorite drink choices. Let me know yours. Thank you guys for listening. Next week's episode will probably be with a guest. And then at the end of the month, the episode after that, I'll probably record with Dez because I'm going to see her. So make sure you're subscribed. Let me know if you enjoyed it. And I'll talk to you soon.